Good morning, sports fans, bettors, and cappers, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Competitive Hedge Podcast. I am your host of the show, Kenneth Cotterell, and thank you all for joining me here today. This podcast is all about sports and the world of betting. We talk about results from yesterday's uh, games and headlines before diving into today's betting slate, and we cap things off with our daily betting card. Wild morning to say the least, to wake up to a massive NBA trade. We got four trades that we're going to go through yesterday, and we're still not at the NBA trade deadline. And we're re- rebounding well this month. We had a great day yesterday of picks once again, and we got to keep it rolling this month. So before we get into our episode today, this episode is sponsored by Bet99, which is a Canadian sportsbook and casino that offers in-play betting, player props, a cash-out option, and many more great products. There are a variety of sports available on the website to bet on, including NHL, NBA, NFL, and EPL. Bet99 works smoothly on both desktop and mobile, and their mobile app can be downloaded from the website's homepage. Now, depositing and withdrawing funds is hassle-free with a number of well-known methods available to use so you know your money is safe and secure. The website can be viewed in both English and French, and customer service is available 24-7 with their live chat option. So go to bet99.com to make an account. Use code SHOOTERS at sign up. You must be 19 plus years of age to do so. And please gamble responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Also got the Saskatchewan number down in the ticker there. So please call 1-800-306-6789 if you have a gambling problem have fun with it don't let it control your life and let's get into the show let's start with our betting recap from yesterday three in one day we're six and one our last two days of plays now it started with that manchester united and leeds united game when leeds scored in the first minute it felt like this was going to be an easy both teams to score but we had to sweat it out all the way to the 62nd minute finish 2-2 overall and so a draw for united yesterday on the ice, Dallas Stars money line over the Wild. 4-1 to one was the final there. Creighton and Seton Hall. This one looked like it was going to cruise over about 30 minutes in. It got a little tight late in the game, but they finished at 137, so we cashed the over uh, 134.5. Now, our lone loss yesterday was Tennessee versus Vanderbilt. We took the minus 9.5, and Tennessee lost outright to a pretty bad Vanderbilt squad. We got to play the video for them at this point. I thought you were this worldly, sophisticated guy, but you're just a fraud. I mean, they got to be frauds after a game like that. Um, They need to bounce back quickly. It's why I'm not that high on Tennessee long term when it comes to college basketball. Now, we got to get into the trades from yesterday, and it all starts with the one that happened while most of us were sleeping, Kevin Durant to the Phoenix Suns. Now, Durant and TJ Warren are heading to Phoenix, and in return, Brooklyn's getting Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, four first-round picks and a pick swap. And, I mean, you got to say that it's a win for both sides. Um, Obviously, Phoenix is getting the best player in this deal. There's no doubt about that. They're even getting a nice piece in TJ Warren. I was impressed that they were able to swing that. So they have a little bit of depth coming back. Probably has to make the money work as well. But I think that this is a good move uh, for Brooklyn as well. I mean, they need to rebuild properly. Clearly, the Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant uh, situation is now over with all three of them being on other teams. But Phoenix, 
they're going all in, and I think that they have to. They got an aging Chris Paul. Devin Booker and KD will make a nice duo long term. They still have DeAndre Ayton and a few others. So Phoenix are all in. They're definitely going to make a push in the Western Conference. Now, speaking of Western Conference, three-way trade happened yesterday. The Lakers, my LA Lakers, they uh, picked up D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Utah gets Russell Westbrook, a 2027 top four protected pick. Toscano Anderson and Damian Jones. And then Minnesota gets Connolly, Alexander, Nikhil Walker, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Geez, nice order there. And some second rounders as well. And I think that it is a good trade for all three sides for different reasons because they're three franchises that are honestly heading it in different directions. When we we're talking about the Lakers, we knew that they needed depth and that Russ probably didn't fit into what they were wanting to do there. So they replace Russ with D'Angelo Russell. And then they add some depth. Beasley and Vanderbilt are going to fit in nicely into their rotation. That's one thing that they've lacked all year is that depth. Now, Russ heading to Utah, it's an expiring contract. They get a pick back. And let's face it, Danny Ainge probably isn't that thrilled that Utah's in a playoff spot. He wants to rebuild this thing right. And the best way to do it is for them to lose games. That's why when we see Mike Connolly go as well, that's going to go a long way in Utah. Uh, having an opportunity to uh, fight for one of those lottery spots. And then Alexander Walker in some seconds for Minnesota. They had to retool it as well. D'Angelo Russell didn't seem like a great fit. So now they're going to retool that roster, see what they can do with Conley and Alexander Walker, and see if they can get back into a playoff spot. Now, a couple of smaller deals yesterday, but ones that were pretty good. Josh Hart to the Knicks. They traded for Cam Reddish, Sfy McKaylock, uh, Archie Diacono and a protected first in order to get Josh Hart. I think that he fits well into what they want to do. They need a bit more scoring. Cam Reddish clearly was in Tom Thibodeau's personal jail. So now he gets an opportunity in Portland. Won't get a ton of minutes there either. He needs to start showing uh, why he was the prospect that he was coming out of Duke. And Portland could be a good spot to do that. And then Yaka Pirtle to Toronto for Kem Birch. I'm just going to keep saying it. Toronto not blowing it up is honestly hilarious to me. Um, they are just content on being the 7-8 seed in the Eastern Conference and getting bounced in the first round. Trading for Jakob Pertle doesn't change that. If anything, yes, they're still in the play-in, so they may not even get a playoff spot. And they're kind of they're making bad moves, in my opinion. Um, so we'll see what happens moving down the line with the Raptors now. We got to talk about some All-Stars that are going to miss the All-Star game because there's going to be some replacements coming. Zion's out. Looks like KD and Steph are out as well. Maybe Jalen Brown after last night as well. He had a facial fracture. So West-wise, I'd love to see De'Aaron Fox get in 24-6-4. He's on the third seed in the West as well. Folks are going to go with Ant-Man. I think it would be justified for him because he's been great. I would also go Jamal Murray, though. Uh, maybe over Ant-Man. I know Ant-Man's numbers are stronger, but I think that the fact that the one seed is only going to have one player in the All-Star game is a bit of a travesty. And I'm basing this off of past precedent because anytime we talk about the All-Star game, we're talking about players that are playing well on winning teams. Minnesota at this juncture isn't one of those winning teams. And in the Eastern Conference, it's the same thing. Is Jalen Brunson deserving because of his individual play? Certainly. But I think that James Harden and Darius Garland putting up similar numbers on teams that are winning, I would make a case that both of them deserve to get in over Brunson. Do I think that's going to happen? Likely not. 
Brunson could have been their lone all-star instead of Julius Randle. But here we are. I think that we should get Harden and Garland. Probably going to get Brunson. We'll have to wait and see where the NBA goes with replacing some of these players. So with that, we got to head into the daily game slate, talk about all the games that are coming up today. But before we do, let's play the video. All right, so we got to talk Phoenix Open uh, to start this one out. This is a loaded field last year. Um, Scotty Scheffler beat Patrick Cantley in a playoff. Other top 10 guys, you had Billy Horschel, Xander Shoffley, Justin Thomas, all in the top 10. So this week's going to be a bit dull on the pick side, but it is going to be these top guys that we're looking at to potentially have a good week. Starts with uh, John Rahm, just missed the top 10 last year. I think he was tied for 13th. I think given his recent form at minus 117, I'm going to take John Rahm top 10. I'm going to take Rory as well at plus 107. How can you not number one in the world? Um, this leaderboard was all studs last year, so let's follow that trend this year. Justin Thomas top 20 at plus 109 as a full unit play as well. And then Sam Burns at plus 175. We cashed with him a few weeks ago. Let's do it once again this week. Boring picks, but ones that I like a lot. We're going with the studs this week at the Phoenix Open. These guys might be looking forward to the Super Bowl afterwards as well. Now we got to chat NBA really quickly. We don't have any plays for the NBA, but just some things to monitor. Denver and Orlando, Jamal Murray and Zeke Nanji are both game time decisions, as is Gary Harris. One thing to note is Denver is a pretty bad road team for being the one seed in the West. So maybe just keep an eye on that number. If it starts to move in Denver's favor, then you might have a great opportunity to go and bet the Magic as it currently sits at minus six and a half for Denver. Phoenix, uh, they are now six and a half point dogs to Atlanta because they probably won't have Kevin Durant yet or TJ Warren in the lineup. So yes, Phoenix come in winning three straight. Atlanta's lost two in a row, but it does feel like Atlanta, if if you are going to bet this game, you got to go with the Hawks today. Chicago and Brooklyn. Brooklyn are still minus one and a half today. A bit surprising there. Um, but I will say this much. KD and TJ Warren weren't making a big factor anyways, especially with KD being hurt. You got Caruso and DeMar, both game time decisions as well. So as of now, I actually kind of like Brooklyn at home, especially with the way Cam Thomas is playing. But we won't be betting it until closer to tip off. And then the Bucks minus four and a half versus the Lakers. Feels like a, a bit of a letdown spot for uh, the Lakers coming off LeBron's record-breaking. Um, only real injury to report is Bobby Portis. So for now, I like Milwaukee, but got to wait on line movement later in the day. NHL-wise, seven games happening today. Let's rapid-fire through them. Edmonton, they are minus 170 on some books, minus 190 on others against the Flyers. Edmonton coming off a blowout win over Detroit and Philly. To me, this is just a game of Edmonton's first in goals and Philly is 27th. So I really like the over in this game as well as Edmonton as well. We got the Avalanche and Lightning playing as well. Tampa have lost two straight since the break. Colorado just lost since the break as well. Tough to gauge these two teams right now. So we're staying away altogether. Seattle and New Jersey. New Jersey, they are minus 165 at home. But both these teams are better on the road. 
And so with Jones and Vanessa going, it's a good goaltending matchup. I lean the under six and a half here. San Jose and Florida. Florida are minus 200. Looks like we're getting Reimer and Bobrovsky, which is honestly an awful goaltending matchup here. I think if you are going to play anything here, you're going to lean the over in this game. Both teams score over three goals per game. And with bad goalies, I think it's a recipe for success. Calgary, they are minus 155 against my Detroit Red Wings. Markstrom versus Huso is who's expected in this one. Both teams coming off losses as well. And they are above 500 away and home records here. I would lean Calgary, but at minus 155, it's a bit juiced. Would need the public to bet Detroit to really take a second look at this one. Vancouver and the Islanders. Delia versus Sorokin is what we've got lined up right now. Um, Vancouver's on a back-to-back, and the Islanders are on a four-game win streak. So at minus 210, it's a bit juiced. But I think you could even look at Islanders and regulation as a potential play if you want to throw this one in, or just Islanders money line if you're looking for a parlay piece. And then to cap things off, the Wild are shockingly minus 125 at home. Looks like we're getting Thompson and Flurry in this game. But Vegas are a great road team, and they're one of the best teams in the West. So to see Minnesota favored on a back-to-back, I wonder what Vegas knows with this game. I'm staying away for now. See how the line moves throughout the day. But that's the final NHL play of the day. Now, college basketball-wise, we got five games happening here today. Not a lot that I love on the ranked side of things. There is one that I'm taking a look at, but we got to start with uh, Iowa versus number one Purdue. Purdue, are, they were minus six and a half. They've now moved to minus seven and a half here. So I think that this is uh, this is a good spot if you do like Iowa to bet them right away. Um, feels like a bit of a trap line if I'm being perfectly honest, but Iowa have won three straight heading into this one. They are only two and four on the road, so I don't think that it's the best spot in the world. But maybe look at Purdue, and I do like the over despite where the public money is going with this over. Number seven, UCLA, they're taking on Oregon State. Um, One thing to notice that UCLA, they are minus 15 and a half on the road. And if we've learned anything from yesterday, especially with that Vanderbilt game, I just really don't want to go and bet a line like that because it's a road conference game against a bad team, but they're teams that would know each other well because they play each other every year. And I know, damn, the Beavers are bad, but I won't bet this game. The over would hinge on UCLA scoring a ton of points honestly because it's at 124 and a half it's just a worrisome line for me san fran taking on gonzaga who are minus 13 and a half here now san francisco's got a pretty solid squad but this feels like a bulldog's frustration spot they're coming off that saint mary's loss in overtime on the weekend they now get to return home i could see this one being a 20 30 point blowout but i don't like it enough to go and bet it personally on the flip side, St. Mary's, that same team that beat Gonzaga, they were minus 8.5 yesterday. They are now minus 7.5 against Loyola Marymount. Now, the Gales' overtime win over Gonzaga just makes this feel like a letdown spot on the flip side because Loyola are third in the conference. It's a team that you won't talk about very much, but they are 11-2 and two at home. And I know that St. Mary's are undefeated on the road, won a few in college basketball. I'm just wanting to stay away from this one. But if the public can get this one to flip, maybe head to minus nine and a half, then I'll go bet Loyola for a double digit spread. But as of now, I'm going to stay away on this game. And then to cap it off, Arizona minus 18 and a half versus California. 
Cal have three wins the entire year. I could see Arizona winning by 30 or even see what Houston did yesterday where they won by like 40 points, I think. But I don't love it enough to actually go and bet it. It's a road number that I think is really gross. All it takes is for this to be tight for the first half, and then they may not cover. So I'm going to stay away for this game. Now we got to end things off with our five Super Bowl props for Thursday, and then also give you our four betting plays as well. Let's start with those prop bets. Jersey number of the last TD score. This is kind of the theme is the second half and how things are going to shape out by the time we get to the very end. And then tomorrow, we're going to cap it off with the post-game stuff, MVP, Gatorade, all that stuff. So let's start with jersey number of the last TD score. I'm going to go under 11.5 as the number. If we're talking players to look for on something like this, on the Kansas City side, you got Juju, Jarek McKinnon, MVS, and Pacheco. And on the uh, Philly side, you're looking at Smith, Brown, Hertz, and Pascal. I'm really hinging this on if it's Philly that Hurts punches it in because I don't have a lot of faith that he's going to throw a lot of touchdowns in this game, but I still like the under for the last TD score. Will there be an octopus? This is one that I honestly had to read up on to truly understand it. I thought they were talking about a physical octopus, but it's actually just a player to score a touchdown plus a two-point convert. Now, I could see a team like Philly being up 11 points late in this game You need Kansas City to score and then get the two-point convert. The players that I'd be looking at to do this would be Travis Kelsey on the Kansas City side and then Miles Sanders on the Philly side. Plus 1,300. I'm going to toss a unit on it, see what happens, hope for the best. Second half total over 25.5. We already talked about it the other day. I see a lower scoring first half, tons of points in the second half. I also see the Chiefs coming back in the second half, which is why I take the Chiefs' money line in the second half at minus 120 and then to cap things off most turnovers is Kansas City at minus 130 I don't see Philly really turning it over in this game because they're going to be running the ball on the ground a lot I do see Mahomes throwing an interception especially with all of these playmakers on defense there will be a tipped pass at some point and Philly will turn them over so with that we got to go to our last call pick segment give you our four plays for today but before we do let's play the video All right, so Last Mountain Distillery is a family-owned and operated company located in Lumsden, Saskatchewan, the heart of green country. Saskatchewan's first micro-distillery success lies in their commitment to producing high-quality handcrafted spirits. Their craft distilling process brings out the full flavor of the grain and leaves a smooth finish unlike any other. Check out some of their phenomenal products we got on the local uh, sweater today. So go check out their vodka, dill pickle vodka, old-fashioned they have it all support local really love all the products over there at last mountain distillery so with that here's our four plays for today rapid fire them off and let's get out of here Kraken and devils under six and a half for one and a half units as i said i love martin jones i love vanessic i'm expecting a lower scoring matchup here so i think that both of them are going to be really solid we see three to two maybe four to two at worst so give me the under six and a half I'm also going to play the Oilers in regulation. I just have faith that the Flyers can't keep up offensively. I said it earlier. Oilers are first in goals per game to the Flyers 27th. I think we see a multi-goal win on the road for the Oilers. 
I'm going to play Iowa and Purdue over 149.5. Iowa averaging 81 points per game. Purdue playing at home. I think we see a Thursday night shootout here on the horizon, so give me the over. And then to cap things off, this line makes no sense to me. Ohio State Buckeyes minus 5.5 versus Northwestern. Ohio State has only won one of their last 10 games, so why are they so heavily favored? I think Vegas knows something. They're taking on 16-7 and Northwestern. So I'm going to take the spread here today, ride it out, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Follow us on all of our social platforms as well. We might have some bets later on in the day. And we'll see you guys on Friday for our final day of prop bets and giving you our official Super Bowl prediction. And we'll see you guys tomorrow. (laughs) 